All right, so to start us off, um, There's a short film, it's called The Visual Liturgy that we're gonna start off with. And I will move this mic to my left. Come close, love. There's something that I want to take a look at together. Are you in a place where you can hear me? Because I want you to really soak in what I have to say. I come offering transformation. I come full of love. And I so deeply want you to experience for yourself what is so often only talked about or imagined. My full presence to all things. My part in your being and your part in my being. I want to clean you up, cut off what no longer serves you, and show you how deeply and truly everything is enjoined to me. What's yours to do is going to sound simplistic, but it's hard. Trust me, I know. People tend to get in their own way when it comes to connection. So what I am asking you is to open to show me where it hurts because right there is where I come in I am meeting you sore to sore wound to wound to nourish you by the intimacy of my own blood and guide you into the mystery and miracle of my deep healing way I want to bring you closer into me I want you to experience me and my love firsthand source to soul. I want you to know that you are soaked in me. You are within my love everywhere, always, and my love is never exhausted. So share the spirit of it freely. Give without worry or desperation. Let love move among you, soul to soul. My heart is set on you. I am here, active and present. I am yours and you are mine. I will never leave you. So trust, remain, rest assured. Be still and know. You are within my love, everywhere, always, source to soul. And my love is never exhausted. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8 through 11. And I think I forgot to put it up on the, yeah, I forgot to put it up on the slide this week. So if you have your Bibles, your Bible app, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8 through 11. If you don't have your Bibles or a Bible app, I will just read for us. You can follow along. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. 
When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Well, when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Let's pray. Lord, as we as we look inward and look at ourselves honestly and openly, we ask that your Holy Spirit reveal to us what we need to see. And as we take a new perspective on what spiritual growth looks like, would you reveal to us the parts of ourselves that we need to uncover, the parts of ourselves that we have kept hidden in the darkness, and the parts of ourselves that might even be very difficult to look at. May we look at it honestly, but also graciously in the same way that you see us. We pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and this is the famous chapter on love. The famous chapter on love. And many people know verses 4 through 7 very well, where it says love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Not a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on the latter half of this chapter, which is actually my favorite part of this chapter, which is what we looked at um, just now. This description of how love never fails and how so much of the world emphasizes on other gifts and strengths and abilities and does not put enough emphasis on love, on true love, right? On selfless, abundant, free-flowing love. And this is where the heart of spiritual growth begins. And I love how in verse 11, uh, Apostle Paul talks about and remembers when he was a child. And as he is maturing and growing and looking at what spiritual maturity truly looks like, he is looking at himself through that lens. And when he talks about looking at himself in a mirror, in the first century, most people did not have mirrors like we have today. Okay, um, those kinds of mirrors that's made out of like glass was actually really, really difficult to come by and really difficult to make in the first century, right? So just think about it, right? Like they don't have like the glass makers <laughs> that we have today and uh, the skills and the abilities and the tools and the instruments required to make mirrors like uh, easily. 
So most mirrors back then was like a flat sheet of metal that was uh, um, buffed and shined. And that was what they would use as a mirror, which was actually not that accurate, right? It was not, you cannot see very clearly. And so when Paul is saying, it's like you're looking at yourself in the mirror, it's not the same that we see. It's not the same thing that we see. It's actually looking at your, your own reflection, but it's, it, you don't see yourself with every single detail. You don't see yourself quite clearly. And so what he's alluding to is like, we don't know ourselves as well as we think we do, right? We don't actually look at ourselves accurately. And this is what the process of spiritual growth and spiritual maturity is like. This knowing of the self. So when I was a child, I used to think that spiritual growth looked like this. Okay, it's kind of like up and to the right, okay? And um, it's not exactly straight because, you know, we have highs and lows and sometimes we uh, slack off and <laughs> we're not like growing at the steady pace that you know, we want to and things get in the way, right? So when I was like a teenager and I first started taking my faith very seriously, uh, I would read my Bible. I would pray as often as I could in order to, uh, to grow spiritually. And I thought that the more I read the Bible, the more I pray, um, then the more mature I was becoming, which is in part true. But just doing that in and of itself does not equal spiritual growth, right? Right. You could do all, you could go through all the motions and not have it penetrate your hearts and not really let it change your spirits. So it, there was, that was limited, right? That understanding of spiritual growth uh, that I had when I was a teenager is limited. And then when I became a young adult, I realized uh, spiritual growth actually probably looks more like this <laughs> where, uh, you go up and then back down, but also kind of backwards, right? It's like um, this process. Uh, and then, you know, you have like um, rebellious stages, right? Or where you're like backsliding from your faith. And it's, it's a little messier, right? Spiritual growth is actually a little messier. And um, yeah, but it, no matter how many steps back you take, you're still kind of on that trajectory of like, up and to the right. Now I'm in my 40s. <laughs> and um, I don't look at spiritual growth like this at all, right? I don't even think it's like up and to the right. Uh, I, I, I understand spiritual growth to be more like this now. It's a spiral. Let's say you start like somewhere at the top, right? Actually, let me see if I can use this. Is this working? It doesn't come out on the TV. What the? It like disappears. Okay. it's. Uh, so let's say you're born at the top, right? And then this is like the timeline of your life. It's not a straight line, but it's more like a spiral, right? And you go to grade school, junior high, uh, high school. And let's say something like, and, and all throughout this timeline, like you have significant events in your life, right? Let's say, for example, uh, in high school, uh, your parents divorce, 
and uh, the dad, your dad leaves the city to live in another city, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, you feel abandoned. And that, that it's a deep wound and it hurts you. But life goes on, right? You go to college and you get a job, right? And then you get into your first relationship, right? You get into your first relationship, like right around here, okay? Your first significant other. And you know this relationship is not going to work out. But you so desperately want it to work because you remember what happened right here. When you're when you felt abandoned, when your parents divorced and your dad moved to a different city. So there's this deep-seated fear of abandonment that you have, but you're not fully conscious of it, right? And you stay in this relationship way longer than you should because of this fear of, of, of abandonment, not because you think it's uh, good for you <laughs> or you, know, you think it's healthy, right? Uh, so maybe you stay in this relationship for a year or two longer than you should, but eventually it unravels and uh, you know, life goes on still, okay, right? And then you are um, in this like management position, okay, at your new job, right? You have a team of people that you're, that, that, uh, you're supervising, but you remember when... <laughs> Uh, there's this, let's say there's a person in your team who is being a troublemaker, right? Uh, and, and causing all the drama in your team. And you remember something from like middle school where you had a friend who was just like this person, right? And you, you're really close to this friend. And this person who's a troublemaker in your team reminds you of this friend. And so you, want, you don't want to confront this problem that you're having. And so you just let this toxic behavior continue. And so this is how life is, whether or not people are aware of it. But the goal of spiritual growth is to become more self-aware as you journey inward, as you go on about life. And there are things in our lives where uh, you want to, that we remember, there are things in our lives that we remember and we want to hold on to and keep, or we want to let go. Okay. And when I say let go, I'm not saying forget. Okay. I'm saying um, that doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to shape you or mold you. And it doesn't have to like dictate your behavior. And so often spiritual growth is this process of becoming more autonomous. Spiritual growth is becoming more autonomous. Traditional theories of personal development in psychology um, believe that growth involves a process of becoming more independent, autonomous, and self-sufficient. This is like people like uh, Sigmund Freud or, or, or a Carl Jung. This is like a summary of their um, uh, belief of like personal development in psychology, right? Uh, growth involves a process of becoming more independent, autonomous, and self-sufficient. This is a quote from the psychologist, uh, psych psychiatrist Carl Jung. The urge of realization 
which naturally pushes man to be himself. Okay, what this means is for young, uh, this involved uh, the full realization of yourself. Okay, the self. And when he would write about it, he would capitalize uh, the S in self. Through the natural and universal process of individuation. Individuation is the process of becoming more independent, autonomous, and self-sufficient, by which a person is existentially formed and differentiated. So traditional modes of psychology would believe that in order for you to become more mature uh, as a human being is to become uh, more autonomous. All right. But this in and of itself is um, kind of limiting, okay? Uh, even as uh, Apostle, Apostle Paul in today's passage says, uh, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Um, when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. There are certain things from our childhood uh, that we need to move beyond. Maybe there are teachings or, or ways that you've been trained by your upbringing, maybe even in your family of origin, or maybe in um, the school that you were uh, growing up in. Maybe there are like toxic teachings or the way that you've been trained that you need to like move past, that you need to kind of let go. Okay, and that's this, okay, it's becoming more autonomous. It's becoming more independent, autonomous, and self-sufficient. But this in and of itself is not enough. And recent psychiatrists, doctors, sociologists are realizing this more and more, okay? It, if, if personal development is limited to just becoming more independent, then we all kind of become um, in highly indiv individualistic and maybe even narcissists, right? Just limiting our own personal development to just be becoming more independent is not enough. So spiritual growth has to be more than that, okay? It also has to be becoming more dependent, okay? So spiritual growth is becoming more autonomous, looking at the things in your life, looking at the things in your past, looking at your like subconscious and conscious behaviors and learning how to move on past that <laughs> and not letting it define you. But it is also becoming more dependent, more dependent on God and more dependent on significant relationships in your life, right? I mean, the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It is impossible to do that if we are only pursuing independence, autonomy, and self-sufficiency. It has to be more than that. Spiritual maturity, spiritual growth also has to mean we are becoming more and more dependent on those around us. There is this um, medical doctor and psychiatrist, um, Dr. Jean Baker Miller, who looked at traditional theories of personal development and realized that it's like way too limiting. And also it was, uh, <laughs> she's a very, uh, a, a really strong like feminist right and she was like saying like it's it's too dominated by like male thinking <laughs> so she came along and uh wrote this really um kind of breakthrough book on relational cultural theory okay the title of the book is like 
a terrible name. <laughs> it's called Five Good Things, all right? But in it, she describes relational cultural theory, which is growth fostering relationships are central, are central human necessity throughout our lives, okay? Um, there's more to this quote that I didn't put up on here, but let me read the full quote for you, okay? Growth fostering relationships are central human necessity throughout our lives and chronic disconnections are the source of psychological problems. So if someone thinks only in traditional modes of per, uh, personal development, uh, which is um, seeking to become more independent, autonomous, and self-sufficient, and someone comes along who challenges that, who is pushing back on that person, the temptation for that person would be just to cut this person out of their lives. Okay? And these people go through, these types of people like cycle through this behavior often, right? Where they uh, are living their lives, they're independent, they're autonomous, self-sufficient, and they come up against somebody who disagrees with them, pushes back on them, and is challenging them, and maybe for their benefit. And they often will cut this person out of their lives like forever, right? I don't know if you know anyone like this. Okay, I have in the past. Um, obviously, I'm not close to them anymore because <laughs> they cut me out of their lives when I push back on them. Uh, and th so this is uh, relational uh, cultural theory, okay? And for her, um, growth-fostering relationships uh, are uh, um, defined in these five ways, okay, which she talks about in her book, Five Good Things. Uh, energy or zest. She calls it zest. <laughs> um, I don't know why she uses that word. Um, energy, okay? The kind of energy that a person brings in a relationship, okay? Because um, everyone has energy, right? Um, uh, a lot of, like Chinese people would probably call this chi, all right? Um, the, the other good thing in a growth fostering relationship is action, okay? How do their actions uh, help foster uh, personal growth in each other? Uh, clarity and communication. Clarity and communication. Sense of worth. Sense of worth. And desire for more connection. Okay. And then all of these growth fostering relationship aspects, uh, it has to be mutual. Okay. It's not just one way. Okay. It has to be mutual. So energy, okay, there is good energy that a growth fostering relationship person is giving to the other and vice versa, right? Action, you do things for each other, okay? You serve each other, you get each other gifts, you like text each other and call each other. Uh, clarity and communication. Oftentimes, people don't clearly communicate how they really feel about each other. And we just think like, oh, they should know. No, they don't know. <laughs> Okay, you have to be clear in your communication, all right? And if you, if you leave it amb ambiguous, uh, people will naturally think of like just negative assumptions. A uh, sense of worth. Does this other person make you feel important, valuable, worthy? And lastly, desire for more connection. If it is a mutually growth fostering relationship, you will naturally want to continue to connect more often. Uh, a new show that I'm loving on Disney Plus is Book of Boba Fett. All right. And sorry, Jake, I'm going to spoil just one little part for you. Okay. Uh, in a recent episode, um, 
Boba Fett, who's on the left, uh, he meets uh, Fennec Shand. Um, and they're both bounty hunters, okay? And like really dangerous like assassins, right? And Boba Fett uh, is a character from the original trilogy, okay? Uh, New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and uh, Return of the Jedi. And everyone thought that he died when he like fell into this hole and this like giant sandworm like ate him. But uh, um, this series on Disney Plus shows how he got out of that giant sandworm, right? And he eventually is like, um, he's on this new journey to become like this like Lord of this like planet, right? And um, he starts meeting people along the way and like becoming friends with them. Okay, and this is very different from his previous life. And when he like died, uh, when uh, people thought that he died and then he like almost died and came back to life uh, when he came out of that sandworm, uh, it's like he became a different person. It was like a death and rebirth. And he was living with this like sand people um, in this planet called Tatooine. And at first he was a prisoner and then they, they eventually like welcomed him and embraced him as their own. And that totally changed his like thinking. And he uh, came to love these people and deeply care for them. And that changed his trajectory. And so um, in this recent episode, when he meets like Fennec Shand, who's also this like crazy um, assassin, and he saves her life, right? He uses all the money he has to save her life. And uh, she said, and then she says, what do you want, right? Why'd you save my life? And he says, I just want you to help me with this one mission, right? And then you're free to go. And then she goes, okay. And she sees how, and she's, she knows about Boba Fett and, you know, he has this like crazy reputation. And she sees how he's like becoming friends with people and it's not what she was expecting. And she said, um, those sand people made you soft. And then he's, he replies, no, the sand people made me strong because I can only get so far by myself. I need a tribe. I need a tribe. And as, and, and, and I love that, okay? As he is like evolving and maturing as uh, a human being, and he's, as you can see, he's also like, he's not young, okay? Uh, he, he has wrinkles and he has like scars across his face. He's been through a lot and he's seen a lot of life and he lived most of his life very independent, uh, very self-sufficient, and now as he is uh, entering this like next chapter of his life, he's realizing more and more that actual maturity, actual growth, actual personal development has to include becoming more dependent. And as I shared in the earlier slide, um, spiritual growth is not linear. It's a spiral. It's a spiral. Life is a series of remembering, keeping, and letting go. If you look at this spiral, right? Um, there are uh, examples of spirals all throughout nature, right? There are examples of spirals all throughout nature. Uh, there are seashells, okay? Um, whirlpools, like in... You know, when you uh, empty a bathtub, there's a whirlpool. <laughs> uh, when the water goes down, uh, tornadoes. And even when you look at um, weather patterns, right? 
there's like spirals oftentimes, right? Like winds will blow like in a certain way and it'll spiral down and uh, go all different. It, winds don't just go straight, right? They, they, they curve and bend and spiral. But even at microscopic levels, our DNA is a spiral, right? Our DNA is a spiral. Even at the very essence of who we are, we see this pattern. And even if you like scale way out and look at the universe, galaxies are formed in spiral formation. If you've ever seen like images of the Milky Way, you would probably notice this, right? It's a spiral, right? Spirals are all throughout life. Like we see uh, examples of it. And even in the Bible, there are uh, a couple of examples that I could think of. Um, when the Israelites uh, escaped slavery uh, out of Egypt and they were wandering in the desert, uh, when they would get sick, uh, God told Moses <laughs> to put a serpent, a snake, on his staff, and the snake would wrap around his staff, and he would hold it up, and the Israelites would look at it and be healed. And that was like a prophecy of when Jesus would be hanging on the cross, and people would look up at the cross and experience healing in their own lives. Jesus died and resurrected, right? This kind of circle of life. But it's not exactly the same, right? It's not exactly, because when Jesus resurrected, uh, he was still Jesus, but different, right? He was in this resurrected form. And so that's why a spiral is more accurate to what life is truly like than uh, a circle, which is almost like stagnant and just kind of goes like um, redundant, right? Uh, so every, every day we go through these like series of deaths and uh, rebirths, even our very cells. Did you guys know we like shed millions of cells every day? And our body is creating millions of new cells every day. So your body every day is literally changing. It's experiencing many deaths and renewals. And this is what life is like. And we have to be aware of this. We have to be aware of this. It's, so life is a series of remembering, keeping, and letting go. What parts of your life is helpful? What parts of your past are uh, detrimental that you need to let go? And as we go through this, we are journeying more and more inward and remembering that everything that we needed has been always with us. The Holy Spirit dwells within each and every one of you. When God created the first human beings, uh, he formed them out of dirt and mud, and they didn't come to life until he breathed his spirit into their bodies, into their lungs. As we journey inward, we are becoming more human while at the same time becoming more divine. Just as Jesus is both son of man and son of God. There is this uh, spiritual guru of sorts. Uh, he um, is uh, a wise and highly sought after spiritual teacher. He learns from 
Christianity as well as all different religions. Uh, there's this really famous quote that he said. Rather than being your thoughts and emotions, be the awareness behind them. This is something that I'm having very, very difficult time doing because when I feel angry, like I become anger. <laughs> when I feel sadness, I become that sadness. And um, this is like something that I'm trying to practice in my own life that I find that I'm finding <laughs> very, very difficult. Um, but as I'm doing this, or whenever I can do this, I remember the deep-seated sadness that it comes from or the deep-seated anger that it's coming from. Uh, Eckhart Tolle uh, believed that spiritual growth is a process of inner awakening, uh, rising consciousness beyond our ordinary everyday existence, and awakening to some spiritual truths that exist inside all of us. It means going beyond the mind and your ego and realizing who you truly are. Your, bi your body, your mind, and your emotion fusing together to form your spirit. So the ultimate measure of spiritual growth is um, love. The ultimate measure of spiritual growth is love. How you love God, how you love your neighbor, but also how you love yourself. Also how you love yourself. You could be highly intelligent, okay? Just as today's passage says, uh, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Do you, have, do, you, does, do you happen to know anyone who is like really, really intelligent, but spiritually immature? So it's not intelligence. What about gifting? Do you know anyone who is highly gifted and spiritually immature? So spiritual growth is not found in intelligence. It's not found in gifting. And it's not even found in strength. It is found in your ability to love truly love, a free-flowing, uh, Holy Spirit-led love. Love that is not needy, where you need people to desperately like <laughs> uh, flock you with attention. Uh, and a love that is not manipulative, that uses it as a tool or uh, as, as a way of controlling others, this free-flowing, abundant love. In closing, um, as you might have noticed in your bulletin, there is this weird shape <laughs> uh, on the bottom half of the bulletin. And for people watching online, um, this is actually on our website, the homepage of our website. And this is a, a finger labyrinth. Now, it's off, like most of the time, uh, you would find labyrinths like in the gardens. Um, or, 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 or maybe like churches, um, monasteries would often have labyrinths that look kind of like this, uh, and they're large, and, and people, they would walk. And as they're walking this labyrinth and following this meandering path, they're praying. And it's important that as they're praying, they're not praying for like requests. Okay, if stuff comes up, stuff comes up, 
but it's this praying without really any kind of purpose in mind besides just walking with the Holy Spirit. So in closing, I just wanted to spend a couple minutes doing this, all right? Um, and whatever comes up, comes up, okay? Lord, show us how to live. Help us to become more self-aware and help us to love you, love our neighbors, and love ourselves more and more each day. Amen.